Hello, I'm Tatiana Antonelli and you're listening to Forward Talks by Groombook, a podcast about moving towards sustainability in our region and beyond. Our guest today is Salian de la Casa, founder of Gleek and chief tree hugger at the Growing Leaders Foundation, which he began working on in 2010. Sal used to be a real estate lawyer, but by the time I met her around 2012, she'd already spent a lot of time focused on working with upskilling the youth through workshops and trainings. In 2017, this focus evolved into her current role as chief identity hacker at her startup Gleek, a tech platform that helps discover and strengthen human soft skills and behavior. When we met, leadership if I looked at what, you know, my foundation is called Growing Leaders Foundation, so people automatically just assume I was teaching leadership. But if you actually look at our curriculum, it was touching already on all the skills that my technology platform teaches. So there was a communication module, a collaboration module, critical thinking module, entrepreneurship module, mindfulness, emotional IQ. Um, you know, leadership is one of those words like innovation. There's all these things that fall under it. Uh, fall under it. And I think because the foundation was called, is called Growing Leaders Foundation, everyone just kind of assumed that we were doing leadership. You know, um, I actually see what I'm doing today as a continuation of the foundation's work just really evolving, going, now we have technology and we have neuroscience. And why is it that I need to be standing in front only of young people or adults when I can impact them, not standing in front of them and through nudges and through technology? We really looked at why is it these skills are not being taught in education and why are people not being upskilled and the, the 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 huge culprit is actually job platforms and job descriptions because educators are educating to what i don't know a job on linkedin might say or indeed or nokri or monster um, and if you look at those job descriptions it's all hard skills and very random vague soft skills and what's interesting is workforces are upskilling to what it takes to you know have uh, the that version of a, an existing job as it evolves, and it's all around hard skills. So everyone's focused their their GPS of where they're heading. The indicator's wrong. So IBM uh, this week came out with a very very significant report about this whole upskilling um, market, and what they actually came out and said is behaviors is the number one driver right now in terms of where the type of skills that are needed. It's what employers are looking for. And what was great for us, I actually cried when I saw the report. It actually said the way we're doing it at Gleek and building habits is how you actually do it with practice every day. Yeah. So yeah, it was one of those moments of where, uh, you know, we have a patent on what we're doing. So we're right at the edge of everything that's happening. So a lot of times when you're like the, you know, the one out the door, everyone's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing it that way? Why, you know, why does it look different from everything else? So the fact that we had IBM come out and actually go, that's actually how you do it. It was like, yes. <laughs> no, definitely. I feel it's, it's a trend I saw before the summer, um, Ernst and Young announcing that, for new recruits, they would not look anymore at university degrees. Yeah, I mean, what is a university degree? What is a resume? Like, it's all static. Think about it, right? So those are all, even a psychometric, it's static. We are all dynamic as humans. If I were to ask you, are you the same person you were two years ago, three years ago? I would be very concerned if you told me you were the exact same person. So I actually have to look at your quality of thought. I have to look at your blind spots. I have to look at how you act in certain situations. Sometimes you're not even self-aware of your own blind spots. 
So the whole process of developing and understanding soft skills and behavior comes from this four-part process we use at Gleek, which we allow you to kind of benchmark your knee-jerk of where you're at, which is we call the hypothesis. We think that's how you act in, in your behaviors and situations. Then we map that to 10 core uh, key, you know, whether you want to call it human behavior, soft skills, 21st century skills, same thing we're all talking about. And then what we do is we drop you into workplace situations specific to your industry every day for the next 25 days and you answer like a what's up and our machine learning is learning your quality of thought. So we actually can tell according to blocks and we use a docs and bloom taxonomy exactly where you are. Tatiana is a level two when it comes to collaboration. Here's her blind spots. If these certain circumstances come up, so we have an algorithm that measures and says, you're a two or three, and here's how you work on it. And if you keep working on it, three things need to happen. You work on it frequently, the levels increase, and you get feedback. You can actually, this is the great thing about behavior, behavior is something we control. So you can actually shift and change your behavior. And this is what's empowering to young people. Very empowering. But So my next question would be, what do I do? Uh, in the case of my son, is it something you do on a one-to-one or... Do I need to call the school and say, I want you to use the modules of Leak? Yeah. Is, how does that so, work? So, you know, the reason we have an issue in the school system, and I'm sorry to say this, Tatiana, are the stakeholders' parents. Because until parents actually do something about it, uh, schools will continue to make tons and tons of money. Um, and they have no incentive to really change. It's coming top down. There has never been a movement bottom up, which is parents and teachers going, wait a minute, this is not working. Um, there are some things we have done um, uh, uh, to kind of make it easier for parents. So we got accreditation. So we're the only microlearning that's K-12 accredited, which means it gets recognized by universities. But generally speaking, I do have to tell you, if it's outside of the traditional curriculum, it becomes something extra. And as you know, um, I'm not sure in the schools, in all the schools in the UAE, many schools, they do not allow the kids to come in with devices. So it becomes now this thing they have to do after hours. Um, and a lot of times, if it's not this thing that's not considered to be homework or something extra I'm doing, you know, there are all of these things that we kind of have to deal with that parents are the biggest influencers on. So if my school doesn't like the idea or is not actually implementing Gleek, can I come to they you? They can just go download it on the App Store. It's available. That's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. As a free tool. Yeah, you can have it as a, there's a freemium version. And then there is if you want to take different types of benchmarks, if you want to take some industry-specific models. And it's very, very affordable. It's $100 per year per student. Um, so it just being available on the App Store, the Google Play Store is not enough right? It really needs to, I mean, we're spending the time kind of going, how do we actually create this entire shift? So that's the reason why we tie it to job portals. So we're tying it to a lot of um, school uh, digital learning platforms. So as the students are learning, even STEM, they can go and look at Gleek and go, oh, what are the available jobs on the market? How does this map to human skills? Like ways that we can nudge teachers and students for them to get curious going, why am I doing what am I doing? First of all, as a parent, I'm very happy that this is available, but I think about companies. What you are doing is give them amazingly skilled, engaged, and passionate uh, workforce. Yeah, so we are, uh, most of our clients now are, uh, you know, B2Bs and B2B2Cs. So it's corporates, 
or its um, platforms that access corporates. So we power their systems. So their offerings to the corporates now have our micro learnings or might have our benchmarks. So think about the last time you read a Harvard Business Review article. You know, how many times have we read it? And it's like amazing. And you kind of like, oh my God, I read this wonderful thing. And then two or three days later, like you don't even remember. Now, what if while you were reading that article, you can click on, let's say it's about um, uh, mindfulness. You can click on the word and actually practice that and commit to practicing that for five minutes over the next couple of days in a particular industry. All of a sudden, I've made learning alive for you um, in a wholly different way. So these are the kinds of things that we do. Can you make a, an example of, for example, a, cor- a company, a corporation here that is using your... Absolutely. So we actually, right now, a, a huge company is Prada. Uh, from Italy. So, you know, the fashion industry, as you know, uh, uh, just because of all of these um, huge retail online, you know, everyone's kind of losing. Of course, um, right? yeah, traditional so, retail is so dying. Traditional retail, even uh, high-end in terms of uh, uh, workforce. So, you know, Prada has a really simple uh, problem statement. How do I create wow experiences for my customers? It means my people have to be wow, right? You can't give what you don't have within you. Um, so within their culture, you know, they have different values and they have different things. They want to make sure that their sales team, um, around the world, uh, is able to not only develop within themselves, but to be able to know how to practice that in situations with customers. So we're able to take all of that information, create the situations and run campaigns, um, but what about the Middle East then? How is this, um, so the Middle East has been really, really interesting. We've done some very, very interesting, uh, projects. Um, But because of the kind of data that we give and because a lot of times it's not made public. So I'll give you an example. Um, A particular project that we did was looking at what kind of teachers in the Middle East predict, uh, uh, whether we can do predictive analytics on the types of teachers. So let's assume different countries in the Middle East import a lot of their teachers. The problem statement was what kind of teachers produces outstanding versus good versus bad schools. And we ran the tool um, as part of the research department of a government body. Um, That information came back and it was something like 95% of the teachers would not produce outstanding schools for a particular country. Um, That this kind of data is very scary um, uh, because it's the kind of like the cool, hard facts of going, I took a large number. I'm not identifying anyone as, uh, special or unique because I have such a large quantity of people that any patterns are just going to pop up. And that's what the pattern says. But this data is very interesting because then you can go back to the beginning of what you were doing, the, the training yeah. the, of the, and the skills yeah. of, of, and the youth. Uh, or even the adults, <laughs> to to make sure that then they become a better version of, of what Absolutely. they are today. And they you empower them more than anything to understand where they're starting, where they want to go, and what you're empowering them. And when you think about what is the currency of the future, the currency is our ability to adapt and change. If I were to ask you right now, how long does it take you, Tatiana, to change your behavior in something? Most most people don't know. So the fact that you're getting empowered to know how quickly it's going to take me to do something. If I do this five to 10 minutes a day, because we all have that power, it's neuroplasticity where we all have the ability to almost create a new highway in our head and start acting in a different way. It's very empowering to know that. Um, It's just that that's not how we have functioned 
for such a long time. That's why I said to you, you know, when the IBM report came out, I find myself so often spending a lot of time onboarding. And as I said, it's something brand new and it's kind of scary for a lot of people, right? Because we're so used to when it comes to human, it's another human giving an opinion, particularly soft skills, right? So now all of a sudden you're going, no, actually if there's enough of you, a pattern just shows up and this is what it's showing. That's very scary for a lot of people. We've not been brought up like no, that. No, no. But you know what? The reality is, is that that's the world we live in and think about how flawed we are as humans in making judgments about each other. There's a reason why, like if we hire off of a resume or someone coming in, most of us make the wrong decision. We're just very flawed in how we uh, make judgments about uh, individuals. And it, it, it's very flawed in terms of the, the kind of the, the, the lens. We each bring our experiences. Oh, someone went to the same school that I went to all of a sudden, you know, um, they're like the better candidate or same country, right? They're all of these little things that are happening, you know, in our subconscious mind that we're not even aware of. So the fact that, you know, what I often say to people is this data that I'm, that it's just another data point, you know, nothing could replace human intuition, right? And, and, and the, uh, the emotional IQ and all of these amazing things we bring to the table. I mean, that's what I'm teaching, but having a data point, recognizing how we make judgments, it's very, very flawed. So I always say Gleek just gives you an, another interesting data point for you to look at to go, huh, even though I think this, everything else is showing me this. Maybe I need to dig deeper. No, for sure. I mean, there was an event uh, about diversity six months ago where the main HR directors of the biggest companies in the UAE came. And it was very interesting to understand now the way they need to hire so, of course, there's the CV part. Yep. Then you need to match your diversity, you know. Mm -hmm. um, Scorecards. Scorecards. Um, and sometimes you end up with, with what you said. There's the human judgment. So now they were talking how they're integrating AI mm -hmm. in, in this process. And unfortunately, some people will not accept what the, the, the artificial intelligence is telling them. What is your take on this? So, because it's really hard now, we're talking about sustainability. We need to move towards, you know, diversity of sex, diversity of nationalities, culture, and all this. And then suddenly an AI will say, yeah, you can hire this guy. No, you cannot hire this guy because the AI is not looking at the color of the skin, at, at the religion. But you have anything. to remember, uh, you know, uh, and, and, you know, in a lot of times that's machine learning. It's what you, so it's kind of garbage in, garbage out. If you actually put in the correct indicators, it will give you um, the correct indicators out. So it's not a kind of zero-sum type of thing if you look at it as a data point, right? So and, and when you're talking about AI and machine learning, it's something you're constantly tinkering on. There is, you know, it doesn't exist when it comes to humans for you to go, oh, I have an algorithm that will tell me I'm looking for a female, I'm looking for, you know, this in terms of nationality, I'm looking for what... It doesn't work that way. We don't work in isolation, we work in groups when it comes to people. 
And you constantly have to keep monitoring what diversity means in your workplace, in your work environment. Uh, you know, bless HR that most of them have now gone to technology in terms of looking at the tools. But these are not kind of off-the-shelf tools where you're just like, oh, okay, I saw this particular tool. It's a lot of times you actually now in your HR department need a tech integrator. You need to have a data scientist. And most HR companies in this region, I'll tell you, that is not happening. I think with time, because we have a lot of brilliant young people coming up in the HR space, but I don't think they're there yet to know what questions to ask, right? We're all learning, right? I mean, even me. Forward Talk, Satyan, is, is related to sustainability, to the region, and how do you see all this related to sustainability? So we have a real issue with uh, youth in this region being job ready. <laughs> it's a big issue, and it's actually a very um, a serious issue because of the alternatives not really being there. And sometimes the alternatives could be really bad. Um, so one of the things I'm looking at in the region, I was just actually in Jordan last week or the week before, um, is looking at how job portals and upskilling in this region can start getting tied to getting young people, human skill ready in specific workplaces. And I'm looking at specific industries and sectors. So uh, finance we're looking at, we're looking at, you know, everyday kind of uh, uh, client facing rules or sales facing rules. Uh, we're looking at converting uh, our micro learnings and this into Arabic. So already our benchmark is in Arabic. Um, and uh, even the refugee population. So we're looking at portals that are serving the refugee population to be able to allow them the opportunity, they might not have high school degrees or university degrees, but guess what? We can give them and accredit them with continuing professional development credits. We can give them K-12 accreditation. So we can actually give them something that an employer can go, oh yeah, they're actually job ready. There's a, uh, you know, this particular region, I mean, there's a reason I'm here. Um, uh, I actually think we can do something very significant in the region. Might take a little longer in time and all of those things, but listen, you know, nothing good comes out of easy, right? Sometimes it's the difficult that, you know, you get the, the diamonds. And uh, so what's next? Oh my gosh, what's next? So um, I am uh, having the time of my life, clearly. Um, uh, you know, every day I kind of wake up and I go, oh my goodness, I'm doing this. <laughs> um, hopefully you never know. And I can say this out loud. I say this out loud and people chuckle, but I go just watch. Um, uh, maybe I might be the first female tech unicorn out of the region. I don't laugh at all. Yeah, you know, I mean, clearly the work I'm in, I'm a female running a tech company. So I sit in these meetings with like very powerful males because automation and that issue is only being discussed at the highest levels. And we're focused a lot in uh, India and the US market. So I'm always at the table with like older, very powerful men. And I say that out loud. I'm like, yes, I will be the only tech unicorn in the reason that's run by a woman. And they kind of look at me. <laughs> Scared, maybe. So, you know, a couple of things are uh, um, on the roadmap. So I do believe three to five years from now, jobs and projects will need to find humans. Um, and the data set and what I'm building is to empower people to actually turn on and off public or private their information to say, this is who I am and this is how I think and this is how I act. Because I think... Uh, degrees are going to be extinct or not have the relevance. It will just be an insignificant data point. I think resumes, that whole business is going to go out. So how do I know who you are, how you act in situations and your human skills and behaviors? There's going to be, I don't know if it's going to be a blockchain. I don't know what it's going to be called, but there has to be somewhere where human identity. So I started off, you know, off going where you don't have to leave parts of yourself at the door. How do I allow you a space 
where you're empowered to know what that means, your identity, and have it show up in the world. Is this going to be a new platform? I don't know yet what it's going to look. As I said to you, you know, as you're going through this process, iterating as you go. Um, I mean, I had, I just had an augmented reality group, one of the largest ones in the world, come to me and said to me, and you know, you, you I would never think of this. They're like, can you, can we lay augmented reality on your platform to measure people's soft skills? Um, and their behaviors while they're going through augmented reality in 20 minutes on one of our experiences. And can you design the storyboards, um, you know, for when they're going through these experiences? I can't even dream that stuff up in terms of what do you want me to do? And I, and we can actually do it with our technology and our algorithms. But, you know, so when you ask me if it's going to be a new platform, I don't even know what's around the corner. There's no boundaries. Yeah, you're you're at the cutting edge and you're just kind of looking yourself going, really, that's what you want. Oh, I can actually do that. Right? This is exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's exciting time. We wish Gleek all the best and hope that it does become the first female-led unicorn. That means a startup with a billion-dollar valuation, the likes of Airbnb, SpaceX, Impossible Foods in the US, and Karim in the region. That's all we have for you this week. If you haven't subscribed already, you can follow the show in your favorite podcast player and in apps like Spotify and Angami. And if you like the show, we hope you forward it along to at least one person. See you next week.